an old commercial on TV that says, my dog's better than your dog. Remember that commercial? My dog's better than your dog. My dog's better than yours. My dog's better because he eats kennel ration. My dog's better than yours. How many of y'all remember that? That was a big thing when I was a kid in elementary school because we used to sing it to each other in, in, in playground time. We'd go, my dog's better than yours, and we'd sing the song. And that was a little catchy little tune that somebody came up with for their uh, dog food that I don't think we ever, ever bought because my parents owned a restaurant, so my dogs just ate all the scraps. My dogs ate like kings every day uh, when I was growing up because they got scraps from the restaurant. But the truth is, we, sometimes we, we, we like to one-up somebody. We say, you know, well, you think that's something. I, when I was at the sheriff's department this morning uh, doing worship with them, a bunch of them came in early, and, and uh, one guy was sitting on the front row, and he goes, hey, what kind of guitar is that? And I said, it's a seagull. He goes, oh, that's a pretty guitar. And he goes, I, I, he goes, I have one. I just can't play it. I haven't ever really worked at it very hard. And uh, he said, I can't figure out which end to blow in. And, you know, Sheriff humor. can't figure out which end to blow in. And I said, yeah, well, that's a challenge with a guitar. And uh, and so he was teasing us about what kind of music we were going to sing. And he kept naming these old Christian bands. He said, you're going to sing something from, you know, Striper. I'm like, oh, wow, that goes way back. And uh, so I started teasing him. And I said, well, Phil wanted me to do some Chuck Gerard or, Keith Green, now that goes way back, by the way. If you don't know, you, you young people have no idea who that is. But they're the people that started all this so we can do good worship, strong worship like we do today. They started that process. And so we had a little laugh about that, and he said, why don't you do some Stephen Curtis Chapman? I was like, hey. And so I thought, it's my favorite guy ever. Josh and I are huge fans of Stephen Curtis Chapman, most Dove Awards ever on the planet for anybody, and a great uh, singer, musician, great person, uh, follow of Christ. Um, so, so we had a moment where we were, you know, I was, yeah, so now we're talking. That's the guy. And I said, hey, let me tell you something. I said, a few months ago, my son Josh and I pulled out my phone. My son Josh and I went to a concert, and I sat as close to Stephen Curtis Chapman as you and I are sitting right now and listened to him do a whole concert, just him. And he goes, huh, let me tell you something. <laughs> and he said, he said, I was, I was at his concert here in 2000 and whatever here in town and backstage at the Civic Center. And he says, when he came off stage, he bumped into me. <laughs> he goes, like knocked me into the curtains, bumped into me. And he goes, I haven't washed those clothes yet. <laughs> okay, you win. But we like to one-up each other, don't we? we? We sort of like to go, that's one-up on me, one-up on you kind of deal. So I'm going to give you a passage today that may become your favorite Old Testament verse. Now, I had built this sermon a couple of weeks ago and toyed with it a little bit, and I decided I'd drop it in on this communion message. And when I did, I said, this is my new favorite verse. And then I get to the chapel this morning with Brother Phil, and uh, he preaches on Mephibosheth. And I was like, okay, so this is my second favorite verse, because Mephibosheth is my favorite Old Testament story on the planet. And he walked through that this morning with the sheriffs and invited a bunch of them to know Christ like that. It was really sweet, sweet time. But I want you to look at this verse in Deuteronomy. How many of you have a favorite Old Testament verse? Everybody has a New Testament. Hopefully everybody has a good New Testament verse. You might have a favorite Old Testament verse. It's pretty rare to have an Old Testament verse. Psalm 91. Mm -hmm. Right. His wings are guarding and protecting you. That's good. Anybody else? Some people love Psalm 23. Maybe not your favorite, but it's pretty.
pretty common, right? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, that's a great Old Testament one. Look at Deuteronomy 33, 26. This is just killer. Here's what, it, here's what it says. There is no one like the God of Israel. There is no one like the God of Israel. He rides across the heavens to help you across the skies in majestic splendor. Now, who does that? Our God. Our God. There's this whole humility thing that we go through and we sort of teach and, and hopefully practice. It was interesting this morning as the sheriffs were kind of getting different seats in their little chapel. You know, one guy was sitting on the very back row and another guy goes, hey, man, you must be Baptist. He goes, no, I'm Pentecostal. He goes, well, you're in the wrong seat then. <laughs> he goes, Pentecostal, go up front. He goes, I'm trying to be humble today. I was like, there's this false humility that's kind of reigning in the room and they're, they're just, you know, they're just messing with each other. But But there is this humility that we have as believers that we don't want to be uppity. We don't want to look, we sure don't want to come across as holier than thou or better than others uh, that may not know Christ. Amen? But in our fellowship today, don't forget what this message is. He rides across the heavens to help you across the skies in majestic splendor. The eternal God is your, my refuge. His everlasting arms are under you. He drives out the enemy before you. He cries out, destroy them. So Israel will live in safety, prosperous Jacob in security in a land of grain, new wine, while the heavens drop down dew. And there's this question, verse 29. Verse 29, it says this. How blessed you are, O Israel! Who else is like you, a people saved by the Lord? Who else is like you? There are tens of thousands of people gathering up in the rain downtown to, to go to parades today. Some of them know the Lord. I know that. But most of them probably don't have any relationship at all with the Almighty God who created the heavens and the earth, who rides across the sky to help us, who protects us and helps us, who defends us from our enemies. They don't have any relationship with Him. And here we sit in our little quiet sanctuary you know, right here on the edge of Eight Mile and Pritchard and Sims, here we sit, literally his children. He is, we are, he is ours, and he is, who else is like us? He is your protecting shield, your triumphant sword. Your enemies will cringe before you, and you will stomp on their backs. Man, you get that verse. I just fell in love with this verse a couple of weeks ago when I, I was just reading it in my kind of daily reading as one of those, you know, flip to go, oh yeah, oh yeah, whoa. <laughs> Who else is like Stan? Who else is like me? If you need to brag, here's your bragging point right here. Nobody else is like, who else is like the people saved by God? Nobody. The unsaved world does not have the Savior I have. And I'm a one-up on that for sure. I have a Savior who rides across the heavens to help me in my time of need. In majestic splendor when he rides across the heavens, by the way. He doesn't just, just you know, kind of hippity-hop cruise across there. It says it's in majestic splendor. He comes across heaven to help me. That's just rich. So I'm just going to give you a couple of really quick truths this morning that, that help you see who else is like you. Who else is like us, a people saved by God? Number one, this is all from the text. We have a God like no other God. We have a God like no 
other God. Everybody else's God's different than ours, thank God. Psalm 86 verifies this. Who in the skies is comparable to you, O Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty is like the Lord? 2 Samuel. For this reason you are great, O Lord. There is none like you. There's no God beside you according to all that we have heard with our ears. And what one nation on earth is like your people Israel, whom God went to redeem for himself as a people. Who else is like you? God sent his son streaking across the sky to save you. Nobody else is like you. Man, that's rich truth. To If you need some self-image and security and sustenance today for your soul, nobody else is like you. We serve the only true and living God. Paul makes it real clear in the New Testament. People worship other gods, little g, but they're not real. They're made out of wood and stone and clay and they're made up in their heads. You know, even when Israel struggled with, you know, they went back to the form of worship they had experienced in Egypt for all that time, and they built a golden calf. I'm like, a cow, really? You were going to build something to worship and it had to be a cow? That's just crazy to me when they did. But, you know, it, it harkened back to their Egyptian roots and all that. So, but here's the thing. They have, they have the chance to worship the one real living God, or they can just make something up. The rest of the world that doesn't know God and Jesus Christ, they are worshiping not just lesser gods that are almost like our God. They don't even exist according to the Bible. There's only one God. There's only one creator, one mediator between man and God, and that's Jesus. There's only one. And we, who else is like us? We are the ones who get to worship and honor and serve him. And he is our personal God. Second Samuel says, uh, there's none like him, uh, according that all we have heard, what nation on earth is like you whom God went to redeem for himself as a people. Number two, we have a God who rides across the heavens to help us. That's pretty awesome, by the way. One, he knows we, need, we have a need. Your God knows you are not okay by yourself, and he's going to have to come help you. And so he, he, he rides across the heaven in glorious splendor to help you. He seeks us out when we're in trouble. The example of that, Genesis chapter 3. Adam and Eve, perfect world, perfect garden, perfect everything, do a stupid thing and disobey the one thing they weren't supposed to disobey, God. God's instructions about the tree they could not eat from. They eat from it in sin and create a disaster in creation. They literally tore creation and the beauty of all God's holiness and purity. They tore it all to shreds and ruined God's perfect creation. And what does God do? He walks down in the middle of the garden, seeks them out, literally calls them out of the bushes they're hiding in, has a conversation with them, and tells them they will still live long lives. There's going to be a lot of challenges now because you brought sin onto the world. There's going to be a lot of challenges, but here's what's going to happen. One day a Redeemer is going to be born from the seed of this woman. It's going to fix everything. God seeks us out. He rides across the sky to seek us out and help us from heaven. Luke chapter 10 says, My sheep know my voice and I know them. Luke chapter 15 tells the story of the good shepherd who leaves the 99 and he goes and finds the one lost sheep because God, Jesus, our shepherd, seeks us out. Who is like you? 
Who are you for God to find? And I'm just, I'm trying to wear that thing out today, but it was really weird when I got ready to leave because Phil's trying to give me all these directions this morning from the sheriff's office. And he's saying, you know, everything downtown is going to be bad. The best way for you to go would be Water Street up to the old, you know, the the 165 deal. But you're never going to get there. They're going to block you every turn you make. You can't go there. He goes, so here's what I want you to do. When you go out of the, where I've told you to park, Take a right, and then, this is Phil's instructions, take a right, and then I want you to turn, go two stop signs, maybe three. Uh, I think it's two, but it's probably three. And, and if you turn left, then there's like an immediate right. And he, and he looks right, and he goes, I think it's the immediate right. You take the immediate right, and then, then you're going to go back, and, and you're going to kind of wigwag your way back up towards the interstate. I think you'll be fine. And I'm sitting there going, I'm going to call church and tell them I'm not coming. I, mean, I can't follow any of that, right? But then one of the guys is there early. He goes, why don't we just escort him out? I mean, there's like 57 blue car, blue light vehicles, you know, represented in this room, you know? And the guy, so soon as soon as we're done and chapel's over, this guy goes, hey, follow me. Just pull your truck out and follow me. Who is like that? That was so cool. He was just, and he took, we went through, you know, red lights and stop signs and all kinds of stuff. You know, and he's just got his hand out the window waving, go, you stay there, you stay there, this guy's for me. Got my flashers on, going up. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. Think about this. They sent somebody to help me get back to church. You know, and the officer asked me, he goes, he goes, I guess you gotta you gotta go teach this morning. No, yeah. I said, I really don't want to put that on Jay. So I didn't have your text, you weren't feeling good. So I said, he'll panic if I don't get there. So I need to get there and help. You know, Jay and Cody, they'll be all freaking out. And you know, Josh will be like, I got this, no problem, man. So <laughs> Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But I didn't want to put all that on those young guys at the last second. And so this guy goes, hey, we'll take care of it for you. That's how God does us. You made a mess of this. You're never going to get out of here. God goes, I will, I will come and get you from this mess, and I'll take you right where you need to go. He literally goes and comes and gets us and takes us into his presence and teaches us. He rides across the heavens to help us, and he goes and he leaves the 99, and he comes in search of the lost, and he brings out the lost. And the lost, by the way, is the one who is Romans 5 verse 8. While we're yet sinners, that's not he's not the good sheep, he's the bad sheep. The lost sheep's the one that keeps running away, he keeps being bad. God goes and gets the bad sheep and brings him back home so he we can be with him. One of these days, when we get my the ladies together, we're going to sing that old I want to say it's an old Gaither song, um, but the 90 and 9. Man, that song blows me away when I sing that song. I weep over how God goes and gets us when Jesus heard the cry of the of the lone sheep on the hillside. He leaves the 99, he goes across the hills and he finds him and he puts him in his arms and he brings him back home and he celebrates this lost sheep. He, we have a God who rides across the heavens to help us. Aren't you glad? Am I the only one excited about that? That was really killer. All right, number three, we have a God who is our refuge. We have a God who is our refuge. Psalm 46 verse one, God is our refuge and our strength. The Hebrew word means he's our home, but it's not just a home. It's a fortified, safe home. That's what the word means. God is my safe place. He's my safe home. When we were, uh, all those years we went to Romania, one of the years, one of the early years, our, one of my teams from Birmingham, we went through Switzerland and we ended up in some, uh, some of the hill country there. And the missionary wanted to take us to see a couple of really big, fancy castles. And we'd seen one of those before. It was like, you know, 
Schoenbrunn Castle is like 10 million acres worth of gardens and ponds and all that kind of stuff and, you know, gold everything. And it's just unbelievable how much wealth sits in that one little plate, big place. And, and uh, so he said, hey, would y'all rather go see some old run-down castles from the early days? Yes, I love medieval stuff. And so he took us to a couple, and we went to this one where we had to pay literally for what would have been like a dollar. And in Switzerland, that's like 10 cents, you know, like 10 cents. And there's just this old man that sits out there with a cup that takes, I don't even know he's part of the castle. He just knows if I sit here, I get 10 cents every time somebody goes through. There's no guide or anything. And you just walk through this really old castle. The missionary was telling us, you know, here's why they don't have stair rails here. They don't put rails on this side. And, you know, the sword, you, the left-handed sword guys, right? You couldn't have left-handed sword people in your army and all that kind of stuff. It's just incredible. And here are all the little secret passageways that only the servants could go through. There's these neat little secret passageways. But then we get into this. We keep winding our way up into the castle, and we get up into the high tower on the castle. And it was so fortified. It was small, but it's just that round cylinder that sits on top of a lot of castles. And it was heavily fortified. The door was ginormously thick and didn't just have old oak in it. It had uh, steel plates on both sides of it. And it was just rocks and blocks of thick block steel. And he said, this is the place where when the castle's under siege, the, the owner of the castle puts his family here. It's their safe place. It's the high tower. Lord is my refuge, my strength. He's my high tower, the psalmist says. And so that was really cool to, to experience being in one of those and seeing how secure that room was and how safe it was from anything. You couldn't get burned out of there. and They had places to store food and all that kind of stuff until help could get there in case they were over, overrun. As we were leaving, going down that driveway, uh, old dusty driveway, the missionary turned out to the bottom of this mountain where all that was. And as he turned out, he stopped and he said, everybody get out and look up. He goes, what can you see? And just above the treetop line, up on the side of this giant mountain, you can just see that high tower standing there above everything. He goes, that is the safest place in the valley right there. Safest place in this whole village and valley was being in that room right there. Anytime this village is under siege, that's where you want to be. And then he read us the Psalms. And he goes, that's who God is for us. Man, my heart skipped a beat. I was like, that is beautiful. The Lord is my refuge. He's my place of safety. Number four, his everlasting arms are under us. His everlasting arms are under us. Alluded to this morning by Diana's scripture uh, that she likes. Isaiah 40 says, See, the sovereign Lord comes with power. His arms rule, his arm rules for him. His reward is with him, and he and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd, makes us the sheep again. He gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. God carries us when we need to be carried. His everlasting arms are under you. They're under you. We've been talking about the struggling with affliction and those kind of things and God being our, our help. This passage says he's, his, he's under us. He rides across the sky to help us. There's no God like him. Who has a God like that? We do. <laughs> you know, how fortunate are we to have a God who will take care of us? John chapter 10, back to the sheep. Uh, verse. Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice. This is a great page. If you haven't circled and marked this in your physical Bible or your 
highlighted it in your electronic Bible. Shame on you. John 10. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. They follow me. And I go back to the quote from Deuteronomy. Who has a God like you? Who else is like you, Israel? Who else is like you, Northside? Who else is like you, new believer, senior believer? Who else is like you, Christ follower? God, I know Jesus' voice and He knows me. And I get to follow Him and listen to Him. Who else is like you? And they will never perish. He says, I give them eternal life. They will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. For my Father has given them to me and He is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from my Father's hand. The Father and I are one. You are in Jesus' hands and God the Father's hands, and nobody can have you. Who else is like you? Man, hold your head high when you're around a bunch of non-believers, a bunch of people who are uh, not of the faith and who, who, who you, you feel like we may, we may offend them if we say something. Hold your head high. Not in an arrogant looking down on them, but to go, man, nobody gets the privileges we get. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the God who rides across the sky to help me in glorious splendor. I'm not ashamed of the God who wraps his arms underneath me and carries me through my difficult times. There is no God like him. And he calls me his. I know his voice. And I follow him. Who else is like us? A people saved by the Lord. Number five. He protects us from our enemies. He protects us from our enemies. Matthew 5, 28, Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All authority. Jesus Christ, our shepherd, our savior, he calls himself our friend, has all authority in heaven and earth. All authority. He has authority over all the stars. He has authority over all the atoms. He has authority over all the cells, all the, all the elect, el, electrons, all the electrons and neutrons. He has all authority over everything, everything in the whole creation. He has authority. And he is our shepherd and our guide. Matthew 16, 18. I say unto thee, Peter, thou, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock... I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Was Jesus talking about building a physical building called the church? I'm asking. Was he? Physical building? He's talking about people. You, people, are the church. Building could go away tomorrow and we'd still be Northside because Northside's people, not buildings. Jesus is saying the gates of hell can't prevail against you, the church. The people who are part of his body, his family, the gates of hell cannot prevail against you. Now, will they challenge you? Sure. Are they going to batter you? Yes. You're going to be in spiritual warfare? Absolutely. That's why he gives us armor. But he's never going to test us beyond our ability, and he's going to help us get through all this. Ephesians chapter 2. For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not the results of works. We are saved and sustained and strengthened by grace. By grace, he saves us. 
And so we, we actually can't boast. Now, I'm just asking you, who else is a people like us? Man, I'm hoping you're swelled up in your spiritual life going, this is awesome, man. Who else is like us? Nobody. The unsaved world doesn't get to have all those privileges. They could if they would invite Jesus in their life, but they don't. You're special to God. It means something that God would ride across the sky in glorious splendor to help you. That's how much he loves you. Amen? So I'm going to take a moment to weird the service up a little bit because I'm good at that sometimes nowadays. Just like to throw curveballs at you. I'd really like everybody to move up to the first like four or five rows. Uh, we're just going to speak some truth out loud and we'll all be right here to do it together. We're going to say these to each other, okay? And here's, I'll do, I'll do the first one with you and just show you what we're going to do. It's really important, okay? Listen to this phrase. I am adopted as God's child and I am his heir. I stand, listen. Wait, wait. I am adopted as God's child. I am, Stan Givens is God's child. And I am an heir of God. Who else is like that? Well, y'all are. Y'all are, right? So here's what I want you to do. I need you to look at your neighbor. We're still doing this from this way. We're going to do them all a little different. Look at your neighbor and tell them. I want you to tell them the sentence. I am adopted as God's child. I am his heir. There you go. You're declaring truth out loud. Amen? Someone says this, I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. Who else is like that? I got the, I got the chaplain of the sheriff's today to let somebody give me a ride. woo I got a ride out of town, you know, I got a little escort. You have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. Man, that would just make you shout or wiggle or something. I don't know what you're doing down there. Right? Let's do the next one. I am a personal friend of Jesus. All right, tell somebody next to you. I'm a personal friend of Jesus. Now, you can do some name dropping all day long. That guy today was real proud that Stephen Curtis Chapman bumped into him at a concert. Back, back behind the wall, right? I, sh- I wish I'd have used this on him this morning. Well, let me tell you something, buddy. I'm a personal friend of Jesus. Top that. Who else is like us? Who else is like us? I'm a personal friend of Jesus. Do you get it? All right, get all fired up. Let's do another one. I can run to the throne room of God for help anytime I need it. Anytime. 2 a.m. in the morning, run to the throne room. Is there going to be guards at the door stopping you from going to see Jesus on the throne of grace, not judgment? What if I sin and mess up, Pastor Stan? What if I made a terrible mistake? What if I did a terrible sin and I'm ashamed of myself and I've done horrible things? I can run to the throne of grace. Not judgment and not law, and he will always answer you. He will help you. Who else is like us? I have access to the throne of grace. To the throne of grace. When I mess up, when I don't do right, when I don't think right or say right or do right, I can run to the throne of grace and find help. Who else is like us? Man, I love that verse, by the way.
Let's do one more. I've been chosen by God to share his love everywhere. God said, hey, I'd like you to tell everybody about this. All right, let's do another one. I am a child of God and the evil one cannot touch me. Now, some of you would make your way to to the Job Bible study on Tuesdays where Cody's teaching about Job. You would hear how that works because the evil one can mess with you and he can aggravate you to death, but he can't touch you till God says he can. And God knows the best way to handle all that. I am a child that the evil one cannot touch. Come on and mess with me. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you, James says, right? Let's do another one. I'm a citizen of heaven. Woohoo! Not just Mobile, by the way. I'm passing through Alabama. Roll tight. And I'm, on, and I'm on my way home. And I'm on my way home. You can pass through Auburn if you need to. Okay? I'm just passing through. Do you know that, that Peter... First Peter says you're not, First Peter says we're all sojourners. It means we're not permanent citizens here. We're sojourners on this earth. This is part time. You're just passing through, right? All right, so let's say this one together. Ready? I am a citizen of heaven passing through Alabama on the way home. You're on the way home. We're all just going home together. Amen? A citizen of heaven. Here's the last one. I can never be separated from the love of God. You will always be loved. Don't you ever tell somebody, I just ain't loved, nobody loves me, nobody loves me. Don't you dare say that. Who else is like you? You'll never be separated from the love of God, no matter what. What if I sin? You'll never be separated from the love of God. 